You're listening to FBI Radio 94.5 FM and you are joining us at a crazy time. It is our supporter drive and we've been talking about bringing it home. That's why on today's Down to Earth with Professor Kurt Iveson, we are talking about smart homes. Uh, Kurt Iveson from School of Geosciences at the University of Sydney joins us for Down to Earth, our fortnightly-ish chat about how we can make our city fairer and more sustainable. This week, we've got a special home theme, as I just said, uh, and Kurt has invited a special guest along to talk to us all about her research into so-called smart homes. Uh, Thank you for joining us here today uh hello yeah thanks eddie um and like this is it it just felt like to fit in with the supporter drive this week there's just all sorts of ways that our homes have been kind of you know uh infested invaded enhanced however you want to call it with digital technologies um and also those technologies are kind of changing the way our housing systems are working more broadly um and just like all the old you know now new technologies um, that promised all sorts of convenience in the past in the home, but created all sorts of interesting problems too. I think there's a really interesting conversation we can have today about smart homes and smart housing and uh, whether all these new technologies are really going to make our lives more awesome or not. And so we've got this uh, awesome mate of mine from Sydney Uni um, and colleague, uh, Sophia Marlson, joining us today to talk about that. She's a lecturer in the School of Architecture, Design and Planning at Sydney Uni and has just got this giant research grant to be doing some research into smart housing over the next few years. Clever her. So welcome, Sophia. How's it going? Good. Thank you uh, for having me here today. It's pretty exciting. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, let's get into it. Smart home. Welcome to Down to Earth, Sophia. So first up, let's talk about the idea of the smart home. What kind of technologies are we talking about here? Okay, um, so as Kurt sort of uh, alluded to before, we've got this idea of a smart home, which has existed previously. I mean, iterations of smart homes have existed since the 1950s or sometimes even earlier. Um, But the smart home technology is um, basically broadly designed to make our homes more efficient and convenient through automation and anticipation. So Yolanda Stringers, who's an academic down in Melbourne, refers to these technologies um, through three Ps, which are production, productivity and pleasure. And um, she's coined this idea of pleasance, that it's like this aesthetic experience of and comfort of smart technology um, that the smart technology brings to the home. Um, so broadly, it's based, the smart home technology that we're talking about today is often uh, automated systems that will make your home more efficient and sustainable. Um, so things like your digital assistants, like Siri and Alexa, um, more broadly connected systems within the home, like Google Home and Amazon's families. Um, um, And these connect to to gadgets that are within a network, which is itself enabled by the Internet of Things, which means devices speak to each other. So these can operate your speakers, your lights, it can open your blinds, shut your blinds. Um, On the more, I guess, gimmicky side, we have smart fridges and smart toothbrushes. We have the robo cleaners, all of these kind of cool products which seem to make your house more fun and promise you more leisure time because you won't be spending all your time cleaning. Oh, exactly. So let me give you a free kick here and say, like, what could possibly be wrong with all of that? (laughs) You know, if my fridge can text me to let me know that it's run out of milk, 
uh, surely that's going to make my life better. Or like if my electricity meter can text me to let me know that I've left an appliance on when I've gone out of the house, wouldn't that make me a more sustainable, awesome person if I could switch it off from my mobile phone um, whilst I'm on the train or something? Uh, isn't all this stuff just amazing? I mean, yes and no. <laughs> I mean, it would be pretty cool to be able to, it is cool to switch off an appliance uh, that you left it, um, left on at home while you're not at home. Um, but there's a whole heap of, um, I guess, darker sides to these technologies. So, I mean, one thing it's flawed as well, I guess, before we get onto the darker, more spooky aspects, um, a lot of these technologies actually increase work in the home rather than decrease it. They're not labour-saving often on the whole because there's a whole heap of infrastructure you have to keep on top of um, to keep your devices yeah. connected. Um, you know, you were switching Wi-Fi before. Imagine if you had all your devices on that as well. Um, but so there's one side which is around maintenance and actually those um, things not Promise, delivering on what they promise. But the other darker side here is around surveillance. So the whole thing, the whole reason these devices can anticipate what you do and prompt you to buy milk or buy, you know, um, whatever, is because they're collecting data about you. So um, your smart fridge, for example, will know what you've got in your fridge. Um, um, and that's fine if you think, oh, it's great. It's got an inventory. I know what to get. But you're not the only one who has access to this data. So these devices are sharing it often with um, third parties that we're not quite aware of. Um, there's a lot of sort of black box stuff happening in the background. But I guess one example which is quite relevant is uh, to think about is insurance companies. So... Um, you know, uh, a lot of this data is used to either incentivize or penalize behavior, and that can relate to your insurance premium. So if your fridge is stocked full of healthy foods and um, your smart toothbrush is telling you that, sending off data saying that you brush your teeth evenly for the two minutes, morning and night, um, every day, then your insurance company will go, great, citizen, we're going to make your premiums uh lower for you your insurance will be cheaper but if you have you know having your friday night pizza binge or uh just can't be bothered and brush your teeth for 30 seconds one day your premiums will go up so it can sort of your behavior is being tracked and that's a little spooky on another i guess angle as well we can think about this through your employers particularly now we're all working from home um so there's technologies which monitor your computer usage and how much time you're at your desk basically doing work and possibly I think um, one which is quite concerning and happens is also if we think around um, these are technologies of control and you know, when you think about how much they can automate, including locking your house, um, there are some issues around um, domestic violence in the home. And these technologies have also been used to um, yeah, keep an abuse partner in the house or to constantly gaslight oh. them, um, turning lights on and off, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's Sorry. such as the original movie where that term comes from, <laughs> is it not? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I don't know if this tips into the spooky, Sophia, but while we're talking about fridges uh, and it knowing your inventory, could it go further than your fridge t sending you a text telling you you're out of milk? And could it go a step further and perhaps tell a supplier that you are out of milk and then you have the milk delivered to your door by, say, I don't know, Amazon? And would that then mean 
different companies have a monopoly on what food is being delivered to your home? Yeah. So, I mean, your uh, fridge could text yeah, your Amazon. They could send it to you by drone. Get a drone delivery of your milk. Um, <laughs> this is, I mean, this is the future. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then, yeah, all of that data goes to um, Amazon or whichever company it is. Um, they can then do deals with suppliers very much in the same way that Woolworths and Coles do already. Um, and probably, you know, then there's all the issues there around price and how much um, price fixing um, uh, clearly to profit the bigger company than the individual producer. So, yes, that's that's one direction it can take. And probably, you know, we already... You know, we already rely on Amazon and these services so much for delivering our goods that it's kind of the next logical step. Mm. Um, oh. And like yeah, just quickly before we have a break too, yeah, the, the hacking of this stuff, um, mm. like, yes, have there been any examples already of these kinds of systems, you know, people hacking yeah. into your home assistant? Yeah. And- totally. Um, so, I mean, there was, I think you'll remember last year, maybe there was some reports around bugs, say, for example, with Alexa and her laughing at random times in people's <laughs> home, um, which is not so bad, a little bit spooky, but there's other ones where um, there's the ring uh, security um, systems and they're supposed to, you know, let only, you know, you can monitor rooms in your house, you can see who's at your door. And there was um, examples of this being hacked um, um, by people from outside the home and talking to people in the house, playing music at random times. Often these were in children's bedrooms. So basically somebody being able to look into your child's bedroom and talk to them and play them different music and generally freak them out. Awesome. So I'm, I'm freaked out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to jump to a song and talk a little bit more about smart homes. Sleeping by trying to take all of me. Sinners are the winners. Playing with fire on the edge of the furnace. Watch the ash burn up. Not willing to learn it. Not willing to earn it. Backing up the phone line. Crack it up the dial tone. Back it up the wireless. Checking for the wire up. Hello, it's me. I've been watching you private. But my photo isn't really me. It's curated as a slice of me. It's a facet of the dime. Roll a dice in me. Newly licensed me. Just a slice of me. Oh, oh damn, it's delicious. Damn, it's delicious. So nutritious. I've been licking all the dishes. All the dishes. Sugar caramels. Caramel for the bitches. For the bitches. Top dog. Bad witch. Double trouble for the missus. Anthropology. 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 You sleeping by trying to take all of me. Anthropology. 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 You sleeping by trying to take all of me. Check Wikipedia, yeah, yeah, turn the volume yeah, on your media, yeah, yeah, watch your back on the real fake news and the moss coming off like your Scooby-Doo, now honey why your face so long, credit card won cause you're overdrawn, your mouth running like a marathon but you should relax your mind with some chamomile. Anthropology, 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 you sleeping but trying to take all of me, anthropology, 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 you sleeping but trying to take all of me. Take your hands off my biology. Anthropology. 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 
You sleeping but trying to take all of me. Anthropology. 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 You sleeping but trying to take all of me. You're listening to FBI Radio 94.5 FM. This is Mornings with myself, Eddie Diamond, and we are joined on the Zoom by Sophia Malson and Kurt Iveson for Down to Earth. And we are talking about smart homes here. I've got a text that's come through on 0409-945-945 saying 2020, a space odyssey. Hello, how? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep, good times. And yeah. with that... Can it start to be that sinister? Yes, <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, there's a lot there, of yeah. Go and yeah, tell. I was just going to say because it's like this: all the stuff that we've just been talking about, which is the stuff that's going on like inside your home, if you've got it all networked with these technologies and devices. But then the other side of it that I know you're doing some work on is about how we get into housing in the first place, right? And about the way that these techs are sort of making their way into housing markets, like mm. how we find flatmates, couch surfing, blah, blah, blah. So maybe, yeah, can you give us a few examples of how like our access to housing has been shaped by smart sure. tech as well? Yeah, pleasure. Um, so I guess one of the things uh, that sort of surrounds this smart home tech is also this idea the sort of more startup culture and entrepreneurial logics, you know, um, it's self-based in this, um, you know, moving away from government supply and support to sort of more neoliberal takes on things. Um, and so one of the markets that they've decided is prime for digital disruption is housing and also the sharing economy within housing. So if we think about uh, the way that if you share a house, for example, the way that you find your flatmates now and your share households, um, is all platform-based. So once upon a time, you know, you'd be seeing ads at uni or in papers, news editors, whatever, friends of friends. Now you can put a profile online, put in all your data that you want to share, um, including your, you know, whether you work full-time, your likes, your dislikes, your sexuality, your preferences, whether you're vegan or vegetarian, whether you like animals, these kind of things. Um, and that goes into a site. Um, and basically, you can get invited or ask someone to invite you to look at the house. So, again, great in a way that it facilitates a much, I guess, broader access to housing networks than before. Um, but that data, those sites are free. So you're paying somehow, and that's often with the data. So your data is being collected there. Um, once you're in the home, um, you know, well, actually as well, now if you're doing your tent, uh, tenancy agreements and um, things, all of that's done online. So again, that's still held somewhere. And once you're in the home, um, we're seeing an increasing use of technologies to manage the household. So for example, simple things like bill splitting apps, um, 
which have great sides to it. If you live in a share house and you're the person looking after your electricity account and you were like, well, you know, we all owe our 80 bucks this week. Um, instead of you having to ask people to do this and Apple just send them the message saying, please pay $80. And so it takes away that kind of awkwardness and makes that kind of easier. Um, so there are positives to this kind of um, um, thing in that sense. Uh, there's yeah. also some stuff around flatmate matching via algorithms as well, which is a little bit like Tinder and dating yep. apps for your house. <laughs> but um, like I'm guessing there might be some also downsides that you're looking into to some of this stuff too. Because um, as you yeah. say, again, they're all just sort of pitched as making share housing or making renting much easier, say, but um, yeah, what, mm. what about some of the, what some of the issues that are coming up in the work that you're doing on this? Oh, quite a few. <laughs> um, so when, particularly when we're looking at property management and property management platforms, and the US is a good example here because um, they have a broader example, uh, sort of, uh, corporate landlords, so they use uh, platforms to manage their property. Um, so that means things like uh, a database, um, and that happens here too. A database of you know whether you pay your rent on time, these kind, whether you're a good tenant or not. We see things like rent bidding apps. So um, rather than the rent being fixed, you can create a profile for yourself um, and say, look, I've got all these great rental records, but I'm also going to offer you $50 more than your asking price for the rent. And then this is supposed to create a sort of bidding environment where then people can offer more or say that they can pay less because they're such a great tenant, you know, this kind of thing. So it um, that's actually been banned in Australia, thank God, but going for it in the US. Um, and then when we see with the more sort of broader uh, platforms for managing things around surveillance um, in terms of accessing your housing. So smart locks for tenants rather than individual keys, which are either keypad access or increasingly biometric access. Um, you're like, great, no keys. But it also means that you can be evicted automatically. They just cut off, wow. change the code. Um, they can tell who's coming into your house uh, because that's all logged. So how many visitors you have, things like that. In the US, that's often been used for an excuse to evict people because they're like, oh, well, this looks like you're a drug dealer. You know, you're doing this amount of people coming through. Um, they're trying to do these behavioural patterns. Um, so not great. Another favourite one of mine is poo prints, which is the dog poo surveillance. Oh, uh, this, you put this specially in for Eddie, didn't you? I know. <laughs> In um, apartment buildings where uh, uh, you know, you have dogs and pets and people are complaining about um, the uh, dog waste. Um, sometimes now as a condition to getting into the building, you have to give a DNA sample of your dog, which they put on a file. And then if there's any dog poo in the premises, they will test it and you will either be fined or potentially evicted if it's your dog. Um Oh, which in itself is creepy and yeah. also not really, uh, again, a black box process. You don't know how accurate it is and kind of, again, discriminates against people with dogs. Everyone's a loser in that situation, especially the person who's the dog poo tester. I know. Imagine <laughs> 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 that as your job. <laughs> uh, yeah. while, while you're joining us here um, during our supporter drive, I want to ask you as well about smart home technology when it comes to things like Alexa or Google mm -hmm. Home. When you ask a question like, 
Google, play me some good music. How, mm. where does that lead? What does good music lead to? Does, is that, does that become a problem with the algorithms uh, choosing what we decide to listen to music-wise? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I guess good music is relative, hey. But um, so what often happens with all of these uh, kind of uh, applications and, uh, again, it's, it's collecting data. So it'll know what music you listen to. And rather than, um, so it, rather than suggesting something else, it'll often reinforce your taste. So it'll go, oh, you like rock from the 70s or whatever. So this is one of your most frequently listened to songs. We'll give you something similar, but maybe not that one, or we will put your best favourite song on. So a danger of this kind of, I guess, anticipatory logics of what your preferences are about based on what you already do is that you're actually shrinking um, your pool of um, yeah, music, food, things that you consume um, accordingly. It just sort of self-reinforces. So it takes away that sort of discovery aspect. Yeah. 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 Which is a kind of, I don't know, good way to finish when we're doing a supporter drive, right? Because it's one of the things I've so loved about doing this show for a few years is just that every single time I mean, at FBI, I also hear music that I wouldn't have heard otherwise, and it's just sent me down so many awesome rabbit holes over the years because we've got awesome folks like Eddie and her dad and a gazillion other folks on the airwaves no playing way. really interesting stuff. I'm yet to be taken over by AI. Spanning our horizons. We're yet to be taken over by AI, Kurt. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, this is the last standhold of resistance, right? Yeah. yeah, thank you so much for joining us uh, during this time and for talking about it. I'm going to leave with a message from Brendan from Newport, which kind of brings us back to where we started. Brendan is a Sparky and he said, as an electrician that specializes in smart home installation, if you are as scared of smart home uh, smart homes as you're saying, then I suggest not investing in smart home technology. Standard electrical installations have worked for over 100 years and will continue to work for a lot longer than these smart homes thank yeah. you brendan hey brendan all right thanks kurt and sophia thanks eddie thank you this podcast is produced by fbi radio in sydney find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts